Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Care for Survivors of Trauma. Today I get to talk about parenting. I couldn't wait to have this as one of my episodes because I love talking and thinking about parenting. It's something I think about all the time because I want to be an excellent parent and I want to provide emotional support for my son in the ways that it wasn't there for me when I was a kid. And so it's been a hard challenge to figure out how to do that, actually, because my perception of parenting in the United States is that not a lot of people talk about how to be there for our, for our children emotionally. Um, I think that it's starting to become a big part of the conversation, but it's just starting. And I've been on this journey for at least six years where I, it was about six years ago that I realized that my parenting needed some skills, my parenting needed some change. Um, So today I'm going to talk about um, kind of how it's been for me as a parent being a survivor of trauma, because it is different for me. I've gone through a lot and I want to change those behaviors that I had as a child, as I saw as a child, and I'd love to break that cycle. I am breaking that cycle, but it's not like it's this clear-cut thing the way things happen when we break the cycle. It's such small little steps here and there, and it takes generations to really change things thoroughly. But I'm definitely making those steps forward, as I'm sure my parents made those steps forward in some ways. You know, their their parenting was probably a lot better than their parents' parenting, as I think we all probably could agree with. You know, we all want to be better. But I know for sure from trying to change my ways of parenting, that unless I do a lot of work on myself and talk about it with my therapist and really look for those resources that are deep and thoughtful and knowledgeable about parenting the way I want to parent with being there emotionally for my son, unless I do that, nothing's going to change. You know, unless I change my behavior, nothing's going to change because that's really what I've learned is it just whatever happened to me as a kid, the way I was parented, it's going to come out and whatever I try to do, unless I'm really working on myself and providing a different example than what my parents provided to me. I'm talking about that today. And then at the end, I wanted to share a strategy with you that's been working for me and my son lately. And maybe there's little bits and pieces of it that will inspire you to change something that will help you because really the goal of talking about this is making a better environment for our children. Yes, but as survivors of trauma, I, I need a place where 
I can go for support in my parenting so that I can take care of myself too. Because as a parent, I, I'm really people pleasing and I have a tendency to control. And those things pull me out of being there for myself. They pull me out of taking time for myself. And I have that guilt of I'm supposed to be doing more all the time. And so I have found a way to, in little bits and pieces, you know, take back that power for myself, that time for myself, and give that power to my son a little bit in healthy ways. Okay, so I was already saying that as a survivor of trauma, my parenting is gravely affected by some of the conditioning behaviors that I learned as a child. So I have parents that, you know, they, like we say, they tried, they did their best. I know they did, you know, and they love me in their own way. And they tried their best. So this is not about saying anything bad about them. But I was really conditioned to put my parents' needs in front of my own needs. And so when I grew up and didn't have any emotional boundaries really at all. I didn't know what that was until just a few years ago. I mean, that really set me up for being taken advantage of in a lot of ways as an adult um, because I really truly believed deep inside of me that my parents' feelings mattered more than mine and that my job was to take care of them. And so as a grown person now, thank goodness I've gained some maturity in learning how to start trying to put myself first, but it is so hard to even recognize that I'm doing that um, and to change it. So it's taken me a long time, but uh, tonight I was working in a little workbook and I kind of felt like I made some progress here um, in realizing that I need to put my own feelings first, even with my parents now, um, and, and how to do that. So Okay, so I was going off on a little tangent there. I want to get back to the parenting. So really, most of my whole life, I've been pretty even keeled. I don't generally yell at people. I don't, you know, I'm kind of a quieter type person in general. And I never had major conflict in my relationships at all until I was a parent, really. And that's when it started showing its ugly head, rearing its ugly head, um, some of those behaviors that I learned. So um, as a parent, I remember my son was probably, I think he just turned three, the first time that I got so out of control angry that I just yelled in a way that I had never, ever yelled before in my whole life. And after that incident, I felt horrible and apologized to my son. And we both cried, I think. And after that, I was just like pondering and thinking, what the heck happened there? I've never gotten that mad in my whole life. Like, what is that about? And so really, it's been since that time, so he's almost nine, that was six years ago, that I've been on kind of this quest to figure out what that was, how I can change it, and, um, you know, why that happened. Um, so it took me a while to find that information and then when I started to change, try to change my behavior, it was really, really hard to change. And it really came down to me learning how to emotionally regulate myself so that I wouldn't end up 
blowing up when something went wrong with him. And, you know, it wouldn't happen that often, but maybe, you know, enough, maybe once a month, maybe a little less than that. And it was enough that it was not okay and I needed to change. Um, So from that, I've, yes, I've changed the behaviors of not being verbally abusive, thank goodness. Um, But that was, you know, that was kind of the way I was raised and I'm sure my parents were raised that way. And so it's a family tradition. It's a family um, dysfunction, really, that's just perpetuating. And so, you know, some of those really bad behaviors, I was able to stop with a lot of praying and help and a lot of therapy. Um, But then now I'm at kind of another place. I got to another place where I started realizing that I'm still pretty critical as a parent and I can be really controlling. And why am I that way? I think that I get into fear about certain things and then I just want to control my child and control my environment so that I feel more centered. So um, one way this was coming out recently is just the fact that my son, you know, wouldn't pick up things after he left them on the floor. You know, I mean, this is such a normal problem with, with having a kid. So just normal kid behavior. My son is an amazing kid. He's really responsible, really sweet, such smart guy. I love him so much. He's a great kid. So this is nothing like that. I mean, he is just an amazing kid. So I really, you know, my behavior was outsized when I'd be like, pick up all your stuff and get mad all the, you know, all the time. And I was realizing I was just yelling too much. So last summer, I... And there were some other things going on with his behavior where I think I gave up a lot of control when I, when he was younger and I, when he was sad, I would feel it very deeply because I'm really empathetic and it'd be really hard for me to have, see him in a negative state and I would try to fix his feelings, you know, and try to make him feel better. And I realized over time that that wasn't cool and it was also kind of, it was it was just immature in some ways and it was also kind of building this child that believed that he was more important than me because that's that was my core belief that other people's feelings that I care about are more important than me. And so it's kind of started coming out about a year ago and there were some other things going on and I was like, man, I really need some help with parenting and we already both go to therapy and so we got some help in that way. Um, But I also, I needed more help. So a friend of mine had recommended a book to read. It was called The Me, Me, Me Epidemic by Amy McCready. Um, And I'll put that in the show notes because I really like that book. So I started reading that and I realized that I really needed to set some boundaries and limits with my parenting. And so that's why I wanted to just give an example today of of a limit that I just recently set with my son. And the reason for that was because I wanted to stop having to tell him to pick up after himself. And it was making me sound like I didn't think that he was a great kid, which I really do. But when we'd get home from school, it would be me like nagging him, you know, five times a night, which is just not okay. Because, you know, they say as a teacher, they say that for every student every day, Um, It's something like you should have seven positive comments for every one negative comment to keep it like kind of a balanced atmosphere. 
that is very hard to do. So if I was doing five negative comments, you need to pick up your clothes. You forgot to put away your dishes, blah, 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 blah. You know, it gets so boring. And, and I don't want to be that type of person that's just mad all the time. Um, I mean, I was not equalizing my negative comments with seven times five. You know, I mean, I was not saying 35 positive comments either. That would be ridiculous too. So I really wanted to change my behavior and it took a lot of thinking and so we came up with a system but I didn't come up with it alone. So one of the things she talks about it in this book that I've really internalized and practiced with my son this past year is that we will have a little family meeting at times. Um, We don't need to have one every Sunday but I have a little cup in our pantry and he can fill out a little index card or I can fill out an index card and say what our issue is that we want to solve. And then we sit down on a Sunday usually and we'll get something yummy to eat because it's nice to have an incentive to sit down there and we'll eat something yummy, give each other a compliment. So we practice saying a compliment that's truly genuine and honest and about each other. And then we look at our little things that we want to solve. So this time I'd asked him, let's have a family meeting. I have something to bring up. And I was a little bit fearful going in because I had an idea of a plan that might work. And I knew that if I was going to use this family meeting idea, I needed to stay open-minded to the fact that this plan might not be the plan that takes effect. So I had to stay flexible, which is hard for me because I'm very controlling at times. Like I, to stay safe, I try to control things. And so for me to have just said to myself, like, okay, I'm going to present this plan. And if he doesn't like it, we're going to talk about it and figure out something that works for both of us. So um, I just had to keep a little faith there. And so we sat down and I said, Um, you know, the problem is that I really want you to pick up after yourself and know exactly what's expected of you, um, before you play video games. And so this is my idea. And I told him my idea was that on the weekdays, when we get home from school, the time to play video games is from five to 6 PM. And if he gets done with his work before that which means homework playing the piano because he takes piano lessons so he has to play piano three times each song I said and three times for his scales plus making sure that he picked up after himself in the living room dining room garage his bathroom and his bedroom you know basically the whole house that he hasn't left things just hanging around that he's actually like taken a second to look around Um, And I taught him how I wanted him to put away things in the living room because I decided that it really was important to me. It truly was super important to me that the blankets put back and, you know, folded and that it makes me so much happier when it's that way. So I told him that's what I'm thinking is what if we say that instead of saying when you're done with this, we're just willy nilly, you get an hour of screen time. So hard to manage that. So I said, just from 5 to 6 p.m., if you make it, cool. If you don't, then you don't make it that night. And that's that. Um, And so I presented that to him and he looked at me and he was like, Mom, that's a great plan. I love it. He's like, that's really going to help me remember to pick up after myself. And 
I just thought that was so cool because look at that. This whole time in my parenting, I'm thinking, you know, this kid is so entitled, doesn't pick up after himself, you know, like that voice in our head, like I can hear the voice of my mom like and dad saying those kinds of things to me, like, who do you think you are, you know, and you're such a brat, you don't even do this. And it's like, that's not always, that's usually not what kids are thinking in their head. I think in general, most kids really want to please their parents. And I think my son truly is just really distractible and he literally forgets. And so I think with this plan, it gives him that chance to remember, you know, it gives him those, that time every single day to remember to pick up. And so I wrote down a list of things and so he can check the list, make sure he's done all the stuff and I don't have to say anything. So implementing the plan Um, You know, of course, the first day was really hard and he had a meltdown when he didn't make his time because he hadn't put away his laundry and um, he had a lot of other stuff to clean up and the car was a disaster because he likes to shove things in little places um, when he's trying to pick up quickly and I said, you know, clean up those other little places, no shoving stuff. Um, So that first day was a challenge, but now, oh my gosh, it's made our lives so much better. And so I just got to come home from work today. It's been a week now that we've been doing this. I got to sit and journal and do my little workbook that I'm working on right now. And, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit here and there, but I referenced the list of things and he played the piano really well and he did this and all cleaned up and the house was nice. And it's like, man, I did not have to piss and moan about anything it just worked out and um you know I know that as a parent things come up all the time I'm just going to enjoy this little snippet today of feeling really happy about my parenting and about my son's choices and how responsible he is I'm so proud of him and I'm proud of me too because look at that I carved out time for myself to relax time for myself to be the loving parent that I want to be to myself and to him and you know he I don't feel today like I'm worried he's going to be an entitled jerk you know maybe he's gonna know of course he's not but I mean I don't want him growing up to be someone that doesn't know how you know gets his own apartment or goes to college and doesn't know how to fold his laundry or doesn't know how to put his dishes away you know when he goes over to other people's houses I want him to put his dishes back you know in the kitchen and so I hope you got something out of that I'm going to definitely talk more about parenting it's such a challenging topic and I'm not perfect that is like probably the biggest thing in my life where I know that I am so far from perfect but I try really really hard and uh I know that it will make a difference with my son because I try and he can tell that I'm trying and um, that means a lot. So thank you for listening and I love to hear from you. So write a review, tell me what you're thinking, tell me what you're enjoying hearing on this podcast and if there's anything that you want more of. Take care. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness. 
because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.com.